I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm like, Craig, I gotta go. He's like, I gotta give you this racket. I gotta give you this racket. Can you come down and meet me on second and second? I was like, are you seeing Caitlin? Just give it to Caitlin. I don't know if I'm gonna see Caitlin tomorrow. I was like, oh my God. So I had to run there. I had to be in to do a hit for game breakers at 2.15. I was like, I gotta do this for Caitlin. She's gotta go at three. Oh my yeah. God. Anyway, carry on. Speed round. French open speed round. French open speed round. Let's do this. Hey everybody. Let's... Welcome to the show. Welcome to the French Open speed round recap episode, where we have more to talk about, possibly the further backwards we scroll from the finals to other notable storylines. We should start with the finals. To me, both very uh, foregone conclusions of matches. I know you liked the women's final a lot. For me, the, the both sides had the air of inevitability to them that I don't, I don't personally enjoy. <laughs> well, I don't know if you could look at Iga Shiontek's match when she's down four, three in the third with uh, one of the best servers in the women's game serving um, and say it was a foregone conclusion. I would dare to ask her coach and her sports psychologist and her fitness and her parent and her dad up there and her, you know, family uh, say, hey, is this a foregone conclusion down 4-3 in the third and um, <laughs> our little friend Mohova is serving? I would think not, Caitlin. Now, if it was a set in three love and you asked them that question, I would have said absolutely. But the great thing about the sport that we love and so much is that there is no clock. There is no last 10 seconds. you got to finish the match. And we saw that on display throughout this entire uh, event just go and ask a one arena Sabalenka if there was a foregone conclusion. Because if uh, you had told me at 5-2 in the third set, down love 30 on her serve, Mukhova, struggling with what looked like maybe cramps or whatever was going on with her, if there was a chance she was going to win that match, I would have said categorically no way. And yet here we stand with Carolina Mukhova making it to her first ever Grand Slam final. And may I say, great girl has gone through so much adversity over the last few years. I mean, look at the fact that last year she was in a battle and, you know, having a great French Open rolled around ankle, left the tournament in tears, didn't even get to finish the match. So it's 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 a testament to her, you know, her work ethic, her, you know, talent, 
her never give up attitude. I mean, you know, she's gone through a lot over the last couple of years. And when you think about the way she came back against Sabalenka, um, you know, and this is a player, Caitlin, that had never lost a top three match against any player, a top three player. She was 4-0 and against top three players in the world. And it looked like for a second it was going to be 5-0 and against the top three players in the world because that's when I actually thought at 4-3 serving, I thought, oh, my God, she's going to do this again. She does, She just really believes in herself in those moments. But in the end, to get over the finish line, to win a Grand Slam takes great mental fortitude. And the fact that Iga at that moment, even though she had a bit of a panic at the beginning of the third set, you could tell she was getting very, very frustrated. I thought the way Iga handled that, that game, particularly at 4-3, was testament to her ability to be able to control her emotions in those moments. And, you know, it's one of the reasons she's now won four Grand Slams, that she, totally. she really... She handled herself just a little bit better in the end emotionally and Carolina kind of fell apart in the last couple of games, but it was, it was talk, a great match. Talk a little bit more about that because I agree it was a better match than I was anticipating and even when Mukova was up, Mukova's game is so amazing. It's so good. I was so thrilled that beautiful. she was back and playing her beautiful all-court game. The reason I was a little frustrated that she didn't make the final is just because I thought the final would have been more um, compelling because I don't know that on any day, and she gave Iga such a good run, obviously more than I thought she was going to, but I'm not sure she has enough weapons to beat Iga on any day, much less in a final in a Grand Slam where she's never been there before. Um, what do you think made the oh, difference see, I, see, I at disagree. that I, I, Well, I think there was a 4-3 game when she was serving. I just think she didn't quite get enough first serves in. And then Iga stepped up and, you know, ripped a couple of returns and sort of, you know, hit some incredible winners. And Carolina just didn't quite get enough first serves in. So I think I disagree on the I disagree on the weapons because Mukova has incredible weapons. I mean, her back end down the line is as sweet as they come. Her forehand, she can hit either way very successfully. Um, she has a big serve and a very good second serve, better second serve on the second court to the first court. Um, and she can come in and finish points of the net that most and that no girl can. That not many of the women on tour do that. Um, Ash Barty could do it because um, she had very competent volleys. But Mukova can finish the point at the net. And so instead of letting the ball bounce and having to hit a you know clean big ground stroke for a winner, she just finishes it off with a with a volley. So I disagree. I think she does have the tools. I think this didn't come down to tools. This came down to a little bit of physicality as well. I thought she was getting a little bit tired right a little bit at the end there, which sometimes hurts you with serving. But I think what came down to it was not the the, the tools. It was the mental side of it and knowing, holy shit, can I actually really win a slam? And that's a big, big step up. Yeah, I, I think for me the matchup was more compelling than I expected and I was happy to see her playing better offense than I was expecting. But again, the, the match... Uh, I think what makes Iga so effective, but also can leave me a little cold is just, she plays such good defense. And I think that's obviously an incredible testament to her mental fortitude, to her movement. It's hard to imagine a better mover, especially on this surface. Um, but I really like the matchup with her and Sabalenka because it's, it's kind of similar to me to the Vavrinka Djokovic matchup where Vavrinka might not have as much consistency, but he can hit through Novak. Whereas if you put somebody, even if they have an all-court game up against Novak, they kind of don't have the firepower. And I thought that was sort of the Mukova, you know, yeah, her, her backhand on the line um, 
was a was a potent weapon and had she got more first serves in but yeah i just don't i don't see her being able to close points effectively over three sets with Iga, and i think that that was borne out although don't get me wrong i was really happy she made it into a three-set match because i didn't give her much of a chance at all um and I hope she's back there and I hope she's, I mean, I would love to see her doing really well on grass. That was really the first time a lot of us got to know Mukova's name when she beat Karolina Pliskova, her Czech countrywoman at Wimbledon a couple of years ago. And just the way she did it, dismantling Karolina's big serve, but also playing that all court game, using the dimensions of the court, having those great hands. To me, that's like such a win. So I don't want it to sound like I'm, you know, damning her with faint praise, but I just don't know that she has the weapons to hit through Iga, especially on clay, such that to me, whether Iga knew it or not, she was always to me seemingly, um, you know, the inevitable winner. But I, again, I, I hope that on grass, we'll see a little bit more of a competitive showing. Rubikina hopefully will stay healthy. Sabalenka hopefully comes back from this, uh, you know, I'd love to see some of our other sort of more all-court faves like Daria Kasakina, Ans Jabir. Um, I think, you know, the the matchup just wasn't as compelling as I was sort of hoping it would be, um, even though the match ended up being better. Um, men's final. Talk about a not compelling matchup. Oh my god. Hey y'all. It's springtime, about to be summer. Summer bod is top of mind, especially because I just got back from Paris and all of the croissants went into my body. You know what I'm ready for? Some Saqqara organic meals and wellness essentials that are designed to deliver results. Saqqara delivers science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash racket or enter the code racket at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash racket to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash racket. Yeah, this was well. This was this was exactly what you just said about Valverde can hit through uh, Novak on, on clay, but but Rude can't. I mean, he has a massive forehand when he's getting the opportunity to hit it. And I thought he stepped up in the first couple of you know first three or four or five games, and he was really ripping the forehand. But then once Novak sort of like settles down, and Novak looked a little bit like puffy puffy in the first set. He was like kind of struggling physically because they were having very taxing points at the beginning, but then once he sort of settles in and realizes what he needs to do, it was just inevitable. I mean, that was a snooze fest. The second and third set were just like, okay, let's just shake hands, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, but, but give credit where it's due. The dude just locks down that first set tie break. It's like, I don't think he made a, an unforced error in any <laughs> tie break in the French open. Like, are you frigging kidding me? The guy just knows when to literally put the lock and key away for his opponents. It's like, too bad. I'm not making a mistake. If you really want to beat me, you're going to have to hit winners. And um, and good luck doing that for three straight sets against me. So, you know, the inevitability of Novak once he won that first set was just like, okay, just just close the door and throw away the key. It's just no chance he's losing that match against a guy that doesn't possess the weapons or the serve um, to, to, to hurt him. And... You know, we all knew that the match was going to be the semifinals and Alcaraz learned a very big lesson about when you go into these matches, you have to be able to control your nerves, your anxiety level, your stress, 
your fist pumping, the, you know, even when he won the second set and he double, you know, double pumped to the crowd with his arms in the air. I was like, my first immediate thought when he did that was, what are you doing? Like, yes, that's a big set. Yes, it's a great achievement. But man, you've got to win two more of those yeah. against this guy. <laughs> yeah. So you got to calm down, bring all the levels down, bring all the serotonin, like everything. You got to bring it all down. And that's what Novak does better than anybody. He's able to manage a five set match. And even when he's not playing well, he just, you see him just sort of like go, okay, I know, I'm, I know, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And Alcaraz has to learn that. Yeah. Um, how to how to handle that moment and that well it was just as, insane I mean it was nice to watch that match next no, to you and obviously insane. see some of those points but it was insane to me that anybody thought that Carlos Alcaraz was the favorite I mean we were talking about it the morning of the the match that semi thinking okay well one of these players has 22 grand slams and it's not Carlos Alcaraz as exciting as he is as fun as he is as much of the future as he is he's not there yet and counting him uh as the the you know, massive favorite. favorite is he was the nuts. favorite. I think going into the match, Novak was plus one seventy eight, and I think Carlos was like one minus one thirty two or something. That is, are you fucking sorry? Are you fucking kidding me? The guy's <laughs> won twenty two Grand Slams. He's won the French Open twice. Okay, I know he lost to Alcaraz last time, but that was in Madrid at altitude with the Spanish crowd and the fact and that Novak not. Three best of three um and and the fact that Novak probably didn't know a lot about his his opponent how to like just dis- dissect him and over five sets he learns how to take the scalpel and just slowly cut you and cut you and cut you like Andy Roddick says first he takes your legs and so you know the bottom line is that I looked at those odds and I was like what I I mean to at least I would have at least made the worst case scenario even money both of them like, what are you doing? Like, the, I think this Zverev rude was, you know, they were both minus something or other. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But, like, plus 172 against the arguably the greatest player of all time in this scenario, I was like, you guys are stupid. It was, it was a little bit like the hype of the tomorrow made us forget about the present of today, which is that nobody is more dangerous over the course of five sets than Novak Djokovic. It doesn't matter how he starts although in this match he started profoundly perfectly you got the sense Mm -hmm. he was really fired up it doesn't matter if he's down it doesn't matter if you think he's out he will will himself to victory and the only real time i've ever seen him lose is if somebody just flat out hits through him which we talked a little bit about with like your Stan Vavrinkas, or if or rafa last year rafa rafa really rafa the french dismantled him dismantled him yeah but yeah, there, yeah. there are very, very few matches where Novak doesn't look like he's in it, much less in control of it. And one thing I wanted to point out, because it happened in this this Casper Ruud match in the first set, when things kind of leveled out and got really tense towards the end of that set, you know, this is when Novak starts chipping at the umpire. Sometimes there's like crowd stuff with him. And it's really interesting because maybe sometimes it's a medical timeout, but like Novak creates i think some of this adversity out of nowhere and he does it so that he can find his extra gear you know like for most players that's a distraction where you see them chipping about the line calls or getting into it with the umpire and you think oh they've lost it now they've lost focus and for him like having this external factor maybe it's the crowd cheering for his opponent which they're doing well he wants to but he he likes to yell it he wants to yell at his um box but he can't really do like just to let stuff out not to actually yell at them and and 
you know, embarrass them or anything. He just wants to let his emotions out. So he, he just finds something to let it out against. And that was, you know, that argument with the umpire and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's no question about, you know, he, he needs to have an outlet um, and that's just how he gets through matches. And, you know, Serena was a little bit the same um, sometimes, yeah. letting her emotion out, like she'll break a racket and then just move on. So some players need that and some don't. Some, some it really detracts from them, uh, but for Novak it doesn't. But listen, I'll tell you one thing. I'll put this on record. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's more a lock to win the calendar Grand Slam this year than ever before. And I know yeah. he came one match away from doing it last time, but I thought the Olympics and – all the extra, you know, hula with that and, you know, the vaccine, you know, all the shit that was hitting the fan. I just thought it was so much emotional stuff going on around him. I think this year, I actually think him not playing a couple of tournaments actually has helped him physically. You know, you think about not playing Indian Wells in Miami and he was able to just, you know, find his form at the French because he got enough matches under his belt um, going into the French Open and he's been very adamant saying he's only – um, desire uh, Grand Slams. He doesn't care about the smaller tournaments and, you know, neither did Serena after a certain amount of time or Roger or Rafa. And I think he is as locked a calendar Grand Slam as I've ever seen in a player. And if he does it, just put away the books and he will undoubtedly be the greatest player of all time. You know, to, to, uh, the only, the only uh, person who might be able to stop him, Milos Raonic, came back today on grass. And I was thinking, would this be the only person with his massive serve who could beat Novak Djokovic? But it does seem inevitable that uh, the calendar Grand Slam will be his, barring some crazy unforeseen circumstance, or maybe just like a really, really, you know, off day, or maybe having the crowd on his side, like what happened with Medvedev two summers ago, where, you know, he just looked like he was so spent because you said the Olympics. But yeah, I think... um, undoubtedly like it's a massive achievement it's just it for me it happens to be like a little bit boring but you know what's not boring that i want to quickly talk about before we jump because this was is supposed to be a sort of quick recap episode to get us ready for your favorite season the grass um what did you make of shay suway coming back to win after being off for quite a while coming back to win the women's doubles beating the two lefties from north america taylor townsend and layla fernandez in the final what a great outcome they had a nice three-set battle that that tournament was such a that draw was such a fun one to watch because of all the sort of ups and downs the defaults you know the the drama and then seeing this unusual pairing in taylor and layla was just sort of the fun injection the feel-good story that i needed over the weekend yeah it was great and actually I, you know, so look, when you're good, you're good. And she comes back and she just knows how to play the game of doubles and, you know, right. uses the angles, uses the speed of the ball, hits the lobs, poaches, you know, all the things that old school, even though she plays from the back, she's always you know, comfortable in at the net. And you've got to be in at the net to win doubles. I just really believe that, you know, you've got to have somebody who's good at the net. And, you know, Sinyakova and Krajikova have proven that with Sinyakova being a pest at the net. But my feel good story was Mia Kato winning the oh, mixed yeah. doubles after getting defaulted from the doubles. Um, I thought that story line was amazing. And it was such karma, I think, that she ended up winning it because, look, you can say what you want about the default. You you, you know, you're going to have people that will say, well, you know, she did hit a kid and blah, blah, blah. But it was not done in anger. She did look at the ball kid before she hit it and just thinking that the kid would catch it or at least probably get out of the way. I don't know. But then there's some that say, well, look, you got to be careful when you hit the ball. You can't be hitting the kid. Like, so they, they, you can argue both ways, right? But I think... 
you know, there was a lot of respect lost in the locker room with their opponents, like pushing that, pushing that, pushing that envelope to get her defaulted, knowing what kind of a person Mia Katu is. She would never do something like that on purpose. Um, and then she goes and wins the mixed doubles. What a great And outcome. I just think, me, that was like the feel-good story. And she bought the totally. ball kid a, a present and gave it to her after the tournament. And so for me, other than, for me, Karolina Mukova getting to the final was one of the best stories of the tournament. I just, I'm such a fan. Um, I told her actually at the start of this year in March she should be top 10 in the world and she could achieve that by the US Open. And she said, oh, I'll drink to that if that happens. Well, she came one match, one match short of getting into the top 10. Um, already, so I expect her to be in the top ten by for sure by the after the U.S. Open. I just think she's such a great player, totally. And hopefully she can stay healthy. And if that's the case, that's my storyline that I'm so happy with. And I'm hugely congratulatory to Eager uh, to to win with a lot of pressure on her shoulders. Um, but it's going to be fun. Wimbledon's going to be great. I think Rabakina's the favorite there, in my opinion, um, and Sabalenka. I think they're the two probably best players on grass. Um, unless Ons finds her form. And I think Ons is, you know, look, it was a bit of a disaster the way she lost her match at the French. But I think given the fact that she's had a lot of injuries this year, I think she'll feel really good about going on the grass yeah. because she will have had enough tennis under her belt. And we all know how great she is on grass and nobody wants to play her on the surface. So I think Iga, Sabalenka, Rybakina, those three are the, the, the three. And I really think that Carolina Muhova, if she stays healthy, I think she is a real threat at Wimbledon. That is what I am truly hoping for because as compelling and great as her all-court game is to watch on clay, it seems tailor-made for oh, the grass she said it. courts. At she said it after 19. the French. <clears throat> she I said it after the French. She goes, she goes I, I, clay's been my worst surface, so I'm really proud of myself. I was yeah. like, damn, girl, if, you, if this is your worst surface, luck, good luck, everybody, on uh, hard court and on, on grass. She's right, going to well, be a real player. Caroline Mokova, we are – rooting for you and watching you for the rest of the season. Uh, Renee, I got to go pick up my kiddo. We'll get this one yep. out real fast. We'll do a more comprehensive grass court check-in uh, in the week or two to come because there's already yep. started to be some incredible matches. I know it's your favorite time of the year. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.